Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Michael Nasty, 22 years of career and volunteer fire service experience. Currently a lieutenant on Engine 805, also known as Capitol Heights, with the Prince George's County Fire Department. Michael believes every individual has pride in everything from the way you look, how you come to work, and perform on calls translates to how you do anything is how you do everything. Your work ethic speaks for itself. With that being said, I present Mr. Michael Nasty. So yeah, I, uh, I got into the fire department. I was a teenager. I uh, just turned 16, uh, you know, a few months before and happened to stumble across the uh, Huntingtown Volunteer Fire Department um, in 2001 in August. Um, was there for 12 years before, you know, life kind of led me away and closed that chapter. And, you know, I've always been, I was always interested in the fire department. A lot of guys that I went to high school with, I, they always had a uh, t-shirts on where it said North beach volunteer fire department, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I didn't even know Huntingtown was around and I forget what I was doing. I think I was looking to go buy a car from somewhere. There was a dealership near the firehouse and I happened to stumble across the firehouse, went in, got an application and, uh, you know, the rest is history. And, uh, you know, now here, now we're here. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, I just have to tell you this, like this is spoiler alert. I am a huge PG, anything DC <laughs> fan. Like anybody yeah. that knows me will tell you, yes, he lives and breathes that shit. I was <laughs> able to, uh, do a, a, a like an eight hour, nine hour ride along day with Kent land. Um, sure. I met, uh, Mac Williams, uh, mm-hmm. awesome dude. And I'm telling you, I feel like, and I'm sure it's not everywhere within PG and DC, but most of the companies I visited, most of the trucks I see, them shits are dialed in. What's the secret from hose beds, tire shine, clean equipment? What is the secret? What's the formula? Granted, I mean it's up north, and I'm biased because I'm I'm, I'm a northerner. I'm I'm from New York, so I sure. kind of feel like the northern states, you know, they got something going on there, but like, how do you keep that going? Like, especially, uh, engine eight Oh five, how do you get all three shifts to buy into that? Yeah. So we have four shifts. Four shifts um, we work, a tw- we, no, it's okay. We work a 24 72 schedule. Um, but I don't think it really matters what firehouse you're at. I don't think it, any of that really matters. What matters is the individual. And when every individual has pride in everything from their how they dress how they come to work how they perform on on calls and and things like that it all it's all going to translate into everything right how you do anything is how you do everything mm-hmm. and i think i think in my personal opinion when you take that pride and you have you know you look sharp your guys look sharp um your fire truck's going to look sharp your firehouse is going to be clean you know you're going to take that pride to keep it to that level and you know and also, I mean, there's there's also a uh, pendulum to that. I mean, don't you don't want to be that company or that crew or those people that, yeah, your your shit looks tight, perfect parade rack, everything looks great, but then you suck because then and now your priorities are on the wrong side, right? Right. So you know, one one of the best analogies is like you look at places like, you know, Detroit or I don't know, any very very busy firehouse. Is it parade racked? Maybe. 
and there are a lot of really good places that are incredibly busy, run a lot of fires and their shit's parade racked. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And I commend, and I commend them for that. But there's people that they don't parade rack them. They're neat. They're clean. It's presentable. And they run circles around people that focus on the wrong things. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I think, I think your work ethic needs to speak for itself. And you being able to consistently be sharp and 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 good at what you do, and I think those other things are going to fall into place. And I think hose beds are a symptom of overall um, pride and proficiency. Okay. Rather than the focus, like you know what I mean. Like you're not going to look at somebody and go, "Man, their shit's tight. They must be really good." It's not because of the way the hose bed looks. The hose bed looks like that because of the discipline, the the consistency, and and the pride that they're taking. I don't know if I'm talking in circles, but I, again, like I said, there's a lot more to it than that hose bed. And, and I, but again, I think it starts with the individual. I really okay. do. Okay. No, I mean, I like the way you put that. But so let's just say I'm new. I come into your station, and I am a fucking slob. Like I'm a shit bag. How long am I gonna last? At a at a station that's full of hard chargers, guys that want to train, guys that know the deal. I don't think you're going to last very long because I think if you walk in initially, so let's we'll go to day one, right? You walk into the firehouse and, and you're not presentable. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get you're going to get checked immediately by somebody, right? So I, the station I work at, I'm the station officer, and it's you're not going to make it to me probably. You're going to get checked by one of the other guys. They're going to put you in your place. You know, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's going to be confrontational, um, but they're going to come in. They'll be like, hey, man, you know, you got to clean yourself up, tuck your shirt in, you know, clean, you know, this, that or the other, whatever it is. And there's always a time and a place for everything. Right. I mean, right. There's going to be times where, you know, you're getting beat up. It's real. it's hot outside. You're, you're getting smoked and, and your shirt tails may not be tucked in. Mm-hmm. I think it's all a matter of circumstance. But, you know, if it's eight o'clock in the morning and you're going to do a public event, your shirt tails can't be untucked. Right. I'm kind of lax a little bit when it comes to uniforms. You have to be in something that looks like a uniform, blue shirt, blue pants. You can't have off-color tennis shoes. You can't wear skinny pants and Jordans. Like, no, like that's <laughs> not who we are. We're professional firefighters. Right. You need to have the correct shoes, all black. Like, you know what I mean? And, and right. there's, like you said, new coming in is much different than people that have been around a while. I think, um, you can be a little relaxed. Like I said, being relaxed is much different than being tolerant of uh, something that's unacceptable. But, you know, I, I think you can be relaxed a little bit as, as time warrants. And, um, you know, as long as you get that initial check of, you know, hey, man, you got to make sure your stuff's clean. This is these are the expe- expectations. You have to meet the standard. And, you know, I've never really had too many people where that was a gigantic issue and the mm-hmm. people that I did have that I did have that problem with got checked way before I came into into the mix and I mean they know who they are and uh they they were handled um pretty quickly so okay okay so your your first I don't know if your first day was at that at that station but um I'm just trying to get a sense of of like how how to go about it in the right way to get other like in my department it would be the other two shifts like how do you get that hey like this is let let's set this standard let's set this tone without coming off as a dick or like who do you think you are because i'm just a, i'm just a backstep firefighter i'm technically sure. a, a relief driver 
But sure. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to, I want to stay in my lane, but I kind of want to get the message across like, Hey, sure. let's, let's like take care of our shit. You can take initiative. You don't have to be an officer or have authority or be, you know, any point of authority. I'm not really sure if I'm saying that right. But basically what I'm getting at is everything starts with the individual, right? There's a book out there by Frank Viscuzo and it says a leader of one can be a leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. Mm-hmm. It all starts with you. Informal leadership is just as strong and just as important as a guy with uh, bars on his collars. So when you want buy-in, buy-in starts with you. So if you were like, I want my company to do, I don't know, let's just say wear pants on fire alarms. That way we have our stuff together. We don't look like slobs. And if we get there and it's something else, we can throw our coat on. Actually, let's just say we w- we'll wear gear for fire alarms. Just okay. con- easy for conversation's sake, right? It starts with you. You're going to say, hey, fire alarms, I think we should start wearing our gear. And you just put your pants and your coat on. They're going to come up to you. And I'm sure somebody will say, hey, you know how, why are you doing that? You know what? I think we should be doing this. I think it's a good way to uh, be prepared if we have anything. If nothing else, it's a quick, you know, we get used to the muscle memory of putting our gear on and, you know, in a pinch. And over time, you're going to see people to start do it. You could see the buy-in. And, you know, the pride is going to start with you. You have to personify and sell it yourself like you're trying to sell somebody a product, right? right? Live it, breathe it, speak it show it, tell it, do it. Right. Right. And I, I think over time, any good, anything good like that, you're going to get by him because you're going to have good people, right? You're going to have good people that are going to say, Hey, Ted over there is doing X, Y, and Z. And over time, you're going to start seeing people follow that. And I, and I think that's a human nature thing. You, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So you, you got, you have to, you have to embody it and whatever it is that you want done, start with yourself. Okay. All right. I like that. I like the way you put that. Um, so besides my little soapbox and my love affair with PG and DC and all that good stuff, sure. uh, tell us a little bit about Engine 805. How many runs are you guys doing a year? So we do a couple thousand, um, you know, and our department's pretty particular about speaking on its behalf on social media and podcasts and things like that. So I'm going to keep everything incredibly vague. Um, we're one of the largest combination departments in the country. Um, station five where I work is a paramedic engine. So we have a paramedic in the bucket and we have seven people around the clock, two for the medic or two, the PA medic unit, same thing, one for the rehab, uh, four for suppression for the, for the paramedic engine. Okay. Um, like I said, we do a couple thousand a year. Um, we're not the busiest. I mean, we're very, very, um, I don't know how, what you would call it. Uh, we have spurts, but we're pretty, uh, consistent with our call volume so stay we're steady i think is a, is a good way to say we're a very steady firehouse when it comes to that fire volume wise i don't think we do bad i mean i don't think anyone's ever satisfied dude, with what they dude. get. you know what i mean <laughs> like being, you know you're being modest <laughs> um well i think there's a lot of people that i think there's you know what i mean there's people that go to way more than we do i i, I wish we could go to more and you know i don't know but uh you know we do pretty well um I have, uh, like I said, I have six people on my shift. Okay. Uh, they're, they're the six greatest people I think I've ever worked with my entire career. Um, they, they, they're second to none. These guys are absolutely amazing. Make my job easy. And, you know, that's kind of what I talked about a little bit earlier. I mentioned about the, uh, informal leadership stuff. And that's something that you get up and down the chain of command. 
And that's something that is a buy-in across the entire shift. And there, and there's something special about a group of individuals that individ or a group of people individually that um are on the right page, the same page. They want to be there. They want to be good at their job. They may or may not necessarily say it like I'm here to do good, but mm -hmm. their actions speak for themselves. Their mm -hmm. actions speak volumes. And collectively as a team, your team speaks volumes of itself. And you and you, and it's um you can tell by the the work it produces. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I could definitely tell just, you know, looking at your Instagram page and knowing a little bit, knowing some guys up there and, and being able to, that was the biggest thing. Like you can see it on the internet and, and Facebook, Instagram, all you want. Well, until you actually go up there and you actually put your eyes on it, see how things are ran. It's, it's incredible. I know when I went up sure. to Cantlin, I was, and you know, Cantlin gets a lot of hype, you know, they get a lot of shit, but They've got some, and, and not only them, because I also went and visited Bladensburg as well, just down the street, but they have their shit together. And career volunteer, it doesn't matter as long as you can do the job. And I just love the, and it's not just them, it's the whole county, the the, the sure. sense of pride, the way your your tactics are. I mean, you pull up on a box, you got trucks, guys coming off, There's every ladder on every division of the house has fucking ladders on it. Hoses sure. being deployed, whether you got smoke showing or not. I just love, I just love how you, how you guys operate. Yeah. And you know, our general orders are written out uh, specifically. So every unit has a job. Um, and then that gets dissected even further to where, you know, the general orders aren't going to tell you the exact position does what, right. But they'll tell you the goals of the unit. Right. So like the first arriving engine, Layout pull a line of sufficient length of GPM to contain, confine, and extinguish the fire, right? So that it may not tell you who does it, but that individual unit will have their own riding positions that'll accomplish that goal. So it's all it's all um a stack effect. And as long as everybody follows their assignments, everything's gonna get covered from the lowest division to the top division, the front, the rear, um, the roof, depending on the situation, mm -hmm. ladders in the front, ladders on all four sides, really. And uh, it covers searches, incident command, EMS, all that. It's it's all it's all in there. So it's awesome. um, yeah. I mean, they it, it has its place, and and it uh, they give you a roadmap, and they tell you what needs to get done, and then you you figure it out. Right. Right. Okay. Um, is and I I know you said you can't speak too much on it, but uh, and I hate to kind of use the examples, but I have to use this. The only thing I know. So I know DC and like specifically Cantland. Uh, mm. if you get a call, the driver needs to know where he's going. Do you, or my question is, do you guys have map books in the truck? Yeah, so we have map books. Um, but the expectation of our of the drivers are is, you know, you need to know where you're going. Right. right. You should be able. You should be able to be out wherever. It doesn't matter where you are on your first due. You should be able to know how to get to every street. Right. You should know mm -hmm. hundred blocks. Um, the officer will get the hydrant for you. Um, and then typically the further you go out. Um, you know, it, well, you can be helped a little bit guided in, but the expectation of good drivers and they're going to know 99% of the streets, they're going to know a lot of that. And then again, it's a team thing, right? My weaknesses may be the driver's strengths, the driver's strengths may be my weaknesses. And between the two guys up front, you get there, you get the hydrant, you lay out and, and, and you're good. Um, but there is the high expectation of, um, you know, 
of knowing your area, knowing your first through fourth alarm areas. I mean, you have our first through fourth do areas, excuse me, because uh, we run four engines on a box. Mm-hmm. You have to know them, um, especially your first, second, and third do. You have to absolutely know those. And, you know, I think our system's different than places like DC. I believe DC doesn't have map books at all. And there's right. areas, there's areas in the uh, DC metropolitan area that use computers that have maps and running routes and stuff like that. And my thing is, you know, that computer can break and you should, you should, you know, phones or computers should be a tool, not, not a, um, not a crutch gotcha. or not, not, not something that you're so dependent on when it breaks, not if, when it will break, it will happen and it will happen at the most inopportune times that you're not completely, you know, dead in the water and you don't know, because it should be as simple as, Four feet of snow on the ground, ice covering absolutely everything. You can't read any of the street signs. You should know where you're going. You know, the map should be that missing link. Or, you know, my personal experience is, and this is where knowing your area really comes into it, you get put out for whatever address. You get there, you have to call an audible, you have to circle the block. It's in the wrong block. The area they gave you for the house fire or the whatever the call is, is where the person calling from. And they didn't understand the question, so they gave you their address not the address for what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially when you start getting into really super tight areas where everyone's on top of each other and you could say, shit, okay, cool. Hey, circle the block, bang a left, boom, boom, boom. And it works like clockwork and you're there, you're fixed. Confirm with the map. If you got a map, good to go. Here's the next hydrant. Hey, this hydrant's dead. Look at the map. These, This is your next one or whatever. You know, when you go out and you plan those things through training and knowing your area and, and, and constantly being in the first do, um, you know, it all comes back to knowledge by the driver and, and, and a thorough understanding um, by two competent people in the front seat. So it's it's a team thing. And I think um, personally where that's the level that you need to, that, that you need to be at, because I can't always give you turn by turn. And my favorite example, and this happens somewhat regularly, is you'll be out doing whatever you're clearing a medical, you're doing this, you're doing that whatever you're so close to the box that's dropped you don't have time to mess with that map look at all you have to get dressed as the officer you have to give a radio a turn you have to do you have to come up and formulate some kind of plan you know you're going to shoot off the hip it's that whole 80 percent solution you know a good plan acted now is better than a great plan acted later you're going to have to shoot off the hip you don't have time to fumble with that map book you know hopefully it's not an area or one of those trick addresses or one of those you know unique situations where you guys pre-plan that hopefully it's not one of those where you need a map page for that where you you know i don't know what the situation could be but you'll hopefully know the address or you'll hopefully know the area and it'll be simple but you know you'll be alone long enough hopefully to fix that but um you know you're not gonna have the time to get in the map book and that driver's gonna have to know left right down the block for third built whatever yeah and so there there is that expectation and that level of um proficiency is required okay okay because i so i just i just want to ask this question to be clear just mm-hmm. just for 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 my peace of mind so when you're on duty sure. and you get a call do, do you does your department or does your organization utilize a program to let you know hey you got a call this is how they get there yeah so we i mean we have a learning system just like anybody else okay um we have a i forget the name of first net first watch i forget first I dude that uh, should be, should be first net or West net, West net. And it alerts, it'll tell you what unit it'll tell you. Um, it'll say the address over the radio. 
we get a rip and run, the computer pops out, and then the MDT itself actually has CAD on it. Each unit has an MDT. Right. Right. And our units, not all, I think, I believe all the units in our fleet have them. Whether or not they work or whether or not they're updated, um, some of the reserve units I don't necessarily know because we don't use them, but all the units in Fives Firehouse has um, updated the MDTs and the MDT alerts. So an MDT will pop up, it'll give you um, the address, whatever units are on the call, all called the call text that the dispatcher sees. And, um, and if, you know, you have any, uh, prem you know, premise hazards, like if it comes up as a nursing home or something, that'll pop up with all of that. You'll get all that information ahead of you or ahead of time. So you can read everything you'll, you know, you'll see, it'll say fire and smoke visible or multiple calls right. or all that, all that'll be right in front of you um, okay. on the computer. Okay. So, so but, but, so what, what I'm trying to get at, we, I'm, let's say I'm your driver. We get a call, whatever call it is. You're not going to see your driver actually look at his phone and go, oh, and zoom with his hands. Oh, how do I get there? Like that, that doesn't happen, right? You're no. So they'll know the street. You may see them uh, flip to a map book they have in the driver's seat. Okay. Like they'll have their own. They'll okay. flip to that. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, LT, it's page eight. Or they'll hand me the the printer, the, uh, the uh, run sheet. Hey, page six or whatever. Okay. And they'll flip or my personal favorite is they'll flip to the map book that we're going to as, and I throw my gear on and they'll hand me the map book open. Hey, I just need the hydrant or Hey, it's the hydrants at, at this address just, you know, and then it's, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. That's correct. And gotcha. then if, and you know, that way we're on the same page. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and continue loving this job? the guys that I work with. And the reason why I say that is they come in with great attitudes. They come in, they want to work and they check me if I'm slipping. Right. So, you know, it, there's, you can only can control what you can control. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if I can't fix the problem, what am I doing? Why am I going to allow it to affect me, which will allow it to affect the guys that I work with, which they see me being negative and pissed off and mad and upset all the time they're going to be the same way. Right. But when you have guys, they all want to be here. They love what they do. We all get along. They love being, a, they, you know, they love the guys on, right. you know, the, everyone on the crew has that, that click, that, that, um, that chemistry where we don't have to talk. We just, we're sharp and we, we go to work, you know, it makes you want to be there. It draws you in. And, and, you know, that's what keeps me, keeps me, keeps me, uh, keeps me in line, you know, knowing that, even if I'm having a shitty day or I don't like what's going on, they're there too. It's shared hardship and you know, they're going through it. So I got to, I got to check myself. And like, <laughs> like I said, they're more than happy to check me as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it'll keep you honest. It really will. And what, what I like about that is the whole, it, it pretty much to me circles around humility because you know, sure. if you have guys in the back that, notice their officers having a good bad day and they check them that officer could be like what'd you say like you have these on your collar but i like how you're like no they're right i need to check myself i need to get my mind right and and f focus focus on the mission and make sure that they're okay so i like hearing that because there are a lot of officers out there that that don't have that or don't believe in that they it's my way or no way you know sure yeah and the other thing though too is it, it's a leadership is, a, is always a a uh a journey, right? And I'm not saying being an officer is a journey. I'm saying leadership is a journey. You can be, have leadership and display leadership at any rank, right? 
And so what I'm getting at is it's a give and take. It's a relationship. It's just like any other relationship in, in, um, you know, in life mm-hmm. where it's all give and take and everyone has to put in the work for the relationship to work. So what I'm getting at that with, with, no, excuse me, what I'm getting at with that is, you know, there's been plenty of times where I've been off my game. There's been plenty of times where, you know, I'm going down a road or a path of a decision. Someone will say, you know, Hey, LT, and they'll, they'll say something, you know, on the fire ground, on calls, that kind of stuff. It's not a dict- It's not a democracy, right? There, there is no, we right. all make it. No. And if you have something to say, say it, say it with authority, say it with confidence. And I'm going to listen to you. Right. And then obviously that'll be part of the, the plan of what the decision moving forward. And if you see something I didn't see and we have to change course, that's fine. Um, but there's no indecisiveness. There, you make a decision. That's what it is. Um, but what I'm getting at is you have to put in that bank of leadership all the time. You have to put in that bank of being an officer all the time because eventually at some point um, through no fault of your own, intentionally or unintentionally, you're going to have to pull from that bank where you could have it where, and this has happened to me as much as I don't want to admit it, where I thought a call was in a location and I was freaking way off. And they were like, one of the people I work with was like, you uh, no, that's wrong. You need to look that up again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't say that, but in my mind, I'm like, what are right. you talking about? Right. I looked it up. I'm like, shit, I was wrong. Hey, thanks for checking me. I appreciate it. Like, we, after the call, we got there. Everything was fine. You know, we're good. You know, hey, man, yeah, my bad on that. I, I didn't realize. I, I understand what you're saying, and I appreciate you saying something. And you know, everybody kind of gets a chuckle out of it, and, you know, you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a bank you have to pay into. It, it, it really is because, again – you know, it's a team effort. You, you can't, no one can do this individually and you all collectively have to be on the same page with it. No, so, absolutely. you know, it, it's, and the humility can only go so far too, right? You can't be there like, oh no, I screwed up again. Oh no, my bad. Like, no, you need to be the officer. You need to be the leader. You need to be in charge. You need to make your decision, be decisive. And when it's time to be the officer, you, be, you are the officer, and you you get your job done. They they don't want you when the shit's hitting the fan or you're on that fire or you're running a fire where you you don't know what you're doing. No, like that's your time to be the officer. All right. Do it. Get it done. Square it away. And like I said, you know, that's kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier. And I and I apologize for kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole. You're good. You're good. That's that's where it comes back. And I'm not saying you should do things for the reciprocation. However, you're part of that team as well as an officer. So those guys may have some, and I'm not saying my guys, I'm just saying people in general, people may have shortcomings on your crew. That's a better way to say that. Excuse me. Um, They may have shortcomings and you may have to kind of reel them in and they're going to have to reel you in and it's, it's going to happen, but it's all teamwork. It it happens. It happens in, at at every level of sports as well. You know I mean? You could look at at any, any sport, pick any sport that you want. Teammates are checking themselves, checking each other. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're totally right. I love it. I love it. Um, what are your ultimate goals? Whether that's short term, long term, doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I want to finish my career. Like, I want to be able to do a full yeah, twenty and, right. and see where it goes. You know, short term. Wait, hold you know, on, hold on, hold on. I gotta put. I gotta put. A t- I told it's pull a time out here. Twenty years is all. Uh, yeah. So we have. Uh, we do a twenty year retirement. Yep, I'm nice. sixteen years in. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is it's uh, the retirement, you get more money 
if you stay to 25 years, but I mean, your leaves, your lead banks have to line it up correctly and all that. But basically we, um, if you stay to 25 years, you'll, you'll get, you know, you get a little bit more money. Okay. Um, and, uh, so we, we also do the, the drop program. You can get into it 22 and a half years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a reference guy, so I'd have to have those numbers in front of me to reference them. I, I don't want to tell you the wrong numbers, but, uh, right, right. the long, the, the long and short of it is if you have enough leave, um, you can go 25 at max pay or it's a percentage of your max pay it should be 85% at 25 years from my contract, 65 at 20. And then the drop program, I'm going to lie to you and tell you that I know the numbers for that, but it's, you know, that's kind of how, how our retirement goes. So you know, I want to, you know, I want to hit 21st mm-hmm. and take it day by day. My kid's six years old. He'll be, and he'll be t- just a, a me might be, a, yeah, 10, um, when I hit uh 20. So there's no reason for me to go anywhere as long as I'm healthy and which, you know, I'm, I'm pretty healthy and I hope to stay that way. So short term is a hit 20 long term. Um, I'd like to promote again. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to be a battalion chief at some point. Um, you know, that's where I'd like to be. If I don't get there, then I don't get there. Um, you know, I, I just would like to, uh, be able to be proud of however long, wherever my career ends, 20 years, 25 years, 21, 22, wherever it goes, I just want to be able to, uh, you know, be able to look myself in the mirror. No, I gave it a hundred percent. I wasn't always perfect. I didn't always do the right thing maybe, or, you know, I just like anything else, there's, there's, you know, valleys and there's peaks and, and, you know, the, Overall, as long as I can look back and know that I, uh, you know, I did my best and and I tried my hardest and I can, you know, tell my kid, you know, hey, man, I gave it everything I had. I think I think that's successful. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll know I was a good a good firefighter. I hope I'm a good firefighter. I hope the people that I've worked with, you know, hope they think of that and I can't control what they think. But, you know, you know, I hope that I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a dependable part of uh the crew that I'm on and, and, you know, overall they can look back and know that I was there when I needed to be. And I was there to do what I could for them. Um, and hopefully in some way I can leave things better than what I found it, leave a mark. Um, you know, I think legacy is something everybody should be looking into. And I don't quite know what my legacy would be beyond, you know, my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's my focus, you know, as, as being a, uh, present and good father, um, I think is my ultimate goal. Not really work related, but it is work related. Yeah, because it's it all a goal. Still, it, all, yeah. it all, it all, it all comes together. Right. And what, right. I, what I've learned is what I've learned is the more I learn and work at being a father, I think the better officer I can be at work for the guys that I work for. Right. That, does that make sense? Yep. Makes sense to you me. Know, like it, it, it's it's a little you know a little mucky you know a little a little on the feeling side or whatever. But I ultimately think that you know I think being a father is incredibly important to your success as an officer. It really is absolutely because um, you you have to care. You got to care, and and I think um, you know I think he's gonna love no matter what I do. But I feel like. You know, my kid looks up to me for everything, so I need to give him an example of. I need to give him something to look up to. Right. Let, let's put it that way. So, yeah, long term goal of that. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do after my career. Uh, after 25 years, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> okay. 
okay. I'm gonna live it. In, I'm gonna live in the moment, man. I, I right. can't figure out. You know what I'm right. saying? Like yeah. I want to take it day by day, shift by shift, take it call by call, and and just enjoy it while I got it. Okay. Life's your career short. Life's short. Just have a good time, man. And right. I think you know, those. I think those are my. Uh, yeah, man. That's my answer. Okay. Um. It, it, your son, if he grows up and he's like, he wants to follow in your steps. Are Are you okay sure. with that? Yes, absolutely. It would be. It would be cool. I'm gonna be proud of him and happy no matter what he decides to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anyone out there, no matter what you do for a living, when your kids like, I want to be, for me, a firefighter. I want to be a fireman like you, Dad. There's nothing cooler in the world than that. You could be a plumber. I want to be a plumber like you, Dad. Right. There's nothing, nothing like that bond with you know between a father and a son. That feeling that 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 you know. Knowing he's doing that, it's just it's second to none, and I I would eat that shit up. And he even now, man, like he wants to go look at fire trucks all the time, and I I never tell him no. Like, hey, let's go. I want to go to this firehouse. All right, cool. Like, don't tell your mother because you know we're supposed to be doing whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> right. kind of stuff. So so I feed into it, you know, and and I you know I, he's already talked about. That's it. all he talks about. He tells these guys like we we saw a fire truck today. He's like, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up, like you guys. Just like my daddy is, just like this, just like, and I'm like, all right, cool, man. It's 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 cool. It really cool. is. Awesome, awesome. Um, in your opinion, what factors or 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 key elements are needed to make a good firefighter, regardless of rank? I think you have to be coachable. You have to um, want to learn, and you have to have initiative. And you have to care, right? Because if you don't, if you can't be taught anything, you don't want to learn anything and you don't, you don't care about what you're doing. You're not going to turn into anything, right? You know, and, and you, you just got to be willing to put in the work. You have to be willing to listen to other people. And, and like I said, that coachability part, you know, you're not going to be perfect every time. You're not going to be the greatest when you start. But if you have a strong work ethic, you know, or you can learn how to have a strong work ethic, you can learn from those around you and you can understand that being a firefighter is something that's bigger than just yourself. It's a team thing. You're there to serve the community. You're there to, you know, go through some things thick and thin with these guys and girls that you volunteer with, you work with, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. The fires and emergencies don't care if you're a career volunteer, it's the, right. it's the same goal mm-hmm. is service, right? That's why we're here is service. So that's ultimately the goal. And you, you know, you have to be able to be that part of the team. You know, everybody's part of the puzzle. Not everyone's an end piece, right? But you can't finish the puzzle without every piece. Does that make sense? Yep. So yep. – you know, the other thing too is you have to take it serious. You have to understand that training is important. You have to understand that your actions or inactions can affect other people. Um, you know, that the the helmet that you wear, you looks right under you, you can flip it over. It's firefighting's an inherently dangerous job. This job can kill you. You need to train for that. You need to train for the fact that, you know, your actions or inactions may or may not hurt you, but it can affect others forever. Right. And you need to understand that. You know, and I'm not saying that everything needs to be negative. Everything needs to be dreary. Everything needs to be, you know, anything can kill you. Like you can't walk down that hallway that can collapse and kill you. No, like there is that dark side of it, 
treated as such, treated as a um, element of the situation, but don't dwell on it, you know? So as long as you understand and you have a respect for it, you have to have respect for what you're doing and respect for others. And, and I think when you put all that together, you know, it's a job that can kill you. You know, you have to learn from other people. You know, you have to be a part of the, a productive member of the team. You have to know that you have to put others needs ahead of yours and you have to take care of the people with you. I think um, you could be a good firefighter. Oh, well said for sure. Well Thank said, you. man, because a lot of people forget, you know, it's, it's service. We are public servants. Uh, most of us, it's not like the, the chief came and knocked on your door and said, Hey, we'd like to recruit you. No, you signed sure. up for it. And a lot of people have forgotten that. And granted, whether it's no fault of their own, but a lot, I, I don't want to say a lot of departments, but a good number of departments back a couple of years ago started putting self over them. You know, we were important. And it's like, yeah, we're important, but we shouldn't be more important than the people we're telling, hey, close your door at night. Uh, we're going to come get you. So, sure. Sure. And, you know, it, I think there is something in the culture of safety that is important. You know, I, I, I do think that you have to be safe. And I'm not saying that that means you do not take risks, mm -hmm. right? You need to be aggressive. You need to be aggressively smart. Um, you know, this this is a job that can kill you. Um, this is something that you knew when you took the oath to protect life and property. I don't know if they make people do an oath of office for volunteers anymore. I don't know. Um, but yeah, safety have, has its place just as much as aggression. Um, and you still have to carry out, you still have to do your job. Your job is going to be dangerous. You have to do it. You have to put yourself at risk. You have to put yourself in, you know, these environments that can kill you. And you still have to carry out these acts to do your job. That's it. It's, yeah, you know, you, you, it's not going to be safe all the time. It's, it's, it's not, but you have to do your job. You can't just say, hey, look, that doesn't look safe. I can't do my job. No, if it's not safe or there, I mean, there are times, let me, re, let me fix that. Let me restate that. There are times where it's just, it's a no go. Like, and, right. and that's common. That's common sense, right? I'm not right. saying uh, an entire house is leaning. You can tell there's racking in the windows. None of the door frames are straight. And they're saying, we don't know if somebody's in there or not. And there's fire out of every single opening out of, out of on all floors and fire. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously there's unsurvivable things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. And common sense will tell you when those are. Or, you know, they'll be deemed as unsafe or whatever. But, you know, you know what's tenable and what's not. You know that you need to get in there, put the fire out, search for victims. That's our job. You know, that's the biggest thing, too, is would you want you coming to rescue you? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's me and it's my family in there, I'm going to want people to be to go and put their life at risk for my family. So why shouldn't I do that for other people? Why shouldn't I do that while I'm at work? That's why I raised my hand, took an oath of office. Life, safety, property, environment, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. Right. You, you, you know what I mean? So the best way to get yourself ready for those situations is to train for them, have experience, learn from others, and do your job. Ultimately, do your job. You know, don't don't get so caught up on safety to where you lose sight of the big picture. Right. Safety safety is an element of the overall goal. It's not the only thing. Mm -hmm. You have to put yourself in dangerous positions to save lives. It's just the way it is. You know, 
you risk a lot to save a lot. You risk a little to save little. You risk nothing to save nothing. You, you know what I mean? And, and I don't want to get on a soapbox or anything, but you're damn right. You should be throwing your stuff on, going through a window if you know people are trapped in a, in a room. He is in there. Mm -hmm. We just saw him. Get your shit on. Get in that window. Find them. You get in there. They're not in there. It's untenable. It's not safe. Whatever it is, get out. Get out. Right. Train for that. There's ways to do those things. Be proficient at them. Know the limitations of your gear. Know the limitations of yourself. Right. You, I mean, you just you have to know those things. Mm -hmm. You do. So the other thing and the other element of that, and, and again, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but the other element of that is people need to stop paying attention to social media. Now, there's a lot of people that are out there that put on these mantras and put out all these slogans and all this stuff of, of firefighting. But you need to understand to take that at face value. It is social media. Right. You have, you have to learn your abilities and your limits yourself. Mm -hmm. don't, read what, don't read what Dave's Facebook says about, you know, the building's not vacant until we say it's vacant. No. Like, yeah, that's great on social media. And yes, it has its place. But you have to understand where that place is, not just blindly follow things because it's on social media. Or not blindly follow things because it's something you heard. Or my personal favorite, blindly follow things because you read it in a textbook. Go out and do it. Yeah, Train apply it. it. Right. Apply it. Right. Yes. It's it's that it's that whole three cabinet thing, right? You have three cabinets. The top one is education. The bottom one is experience. The middle one is your interaction with other people and things you learn from other guys and girls, right? Pull out that top one with that book, those book experience, pull it all the way out. It's going to drop. It's going to fall right over. Pull that experience, right? That's the top drawer. Bottom drawer. Mm -hmm. Pull that drawer, bottom drawer all the way out with experience. Drawer goes nowhere. The cabinet goes nowhere, right? The middle one. Pull that middle one out. It goes nowhere. That's the point, Right? You got you got to have the experience to back it up, and you know there, it's just the way it is. You know, I mean, and again, that's that's just my experience too. No, so. no, you're fine because that's one of those things. That's one of those topics that gets kind of iffy with people. You know, I got the education. Okay, that's I, and I I applaud you. I applaud anybody that gets their degrees, that goes to school, pays all these student loans. That's awesome, sure. phenomenal. I'm not taking nothing away from you, but experience in in this field of work matters. Oh, it's to a blue me, collar job. To me, it has it's a blue collar job. Has more yeah. precedence than yes, you need to know building construction, uh, you know, the what the smoke's telling you, things like that. But you gotta have the experience. You can't just have the knowledge with no street training. It just doesn't work. Sure. Yeah, and you know, that's it, but that else has to be a balance the other way too. That's a pendulum. Like you can't come in with zero education and just say, you know. I'm going to learn on the job. Well, you need to have a little bit. Right. right. There has to be a balance. So again, like I said a second ago, a few seconds ago is it's a blue collar job, right? You go to any blue collar curriculum or any blue collar um industry, right? Any trade. Welding, electrical, plumbing, pipe fitting, it doesn't matter what it is. You start out doing the job under someone with experience, mm -hmm. then they send you to school to know your job to take the place of the person you're learning from, mm -hmm. right? So the meat and the potatoes is going to be what physical hands-on at the most basic level, and then you build your way up, and that education is going to be the icing on the cake 
and um, it's going to give you the education that you need. And, and I think it's a balance, but I do, I personally believe that you do need to go out there, get your hands dirty. This is a blue collar job, get your ass kicked, run calls, all those things and sharpen your instinct and then sharpen your, and you know, have a strong body, but you have to sharpen your mind. You have to do education. You have, I'm not saying you have to run out and get a bachelor's, right, but you have right. to be educated. You right. have to be educated. You have to be able to communicate effectively in writing. You have to be able to communicate, communicate effectively as a human being. You have to have intelligence. Like it's all there and it's all a balance, but the education is, is the, again, like I said, is the icing on the cake. You know, it's it's the way it needs to be. We're not like the military where you can go to a you're going to go to a college, come out, you're commissioned as, as a military officer, and then you can get plugged into a firehouse. No, like you come up from the bottom, you come up from within, mm-hmm. you know, and if you if you break the fire service down into its most basic level, the most basic level, it's an engine company pulling a handline to put out a house fire. Right. That's our most basic level. So as you start building back up and as you go up higher and higher and higher. It all builds up. Everything else is just secondary, right? Everything else is just support. Part of that support is having intelligence, is having education. You know, think about someone that carries themselves very well, that that is very knowledgeable. Um, they're educated, outside education, higher higher level of education. Whether it's an associates, whether it's a bachelor's, a master, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You have to be educated. You have to, and that's something that I know I have a shortcoming in. Um, I'm not really sure how, I mean, I have college credits and all that. I'm working towards a degree, got a little bit to go, almost done. Um, you know, I've got a lot of work to do, but you know, I'll get there, but it's, again, I don't know how to put this into words, but I know I can feel and tell when I'm lacking in that level. When I talk to someone that is very, very educated and I'm not, and I feel like those people, when they have the discipline to be educated and seek higher levels of education, they have that discipline to move on uh, or to do other small things like things at work or be, you know, the, the firefighter skills that you need to learn and, and right. that stuff. It's all, te- it's all attention to detail. So I don't know right. if that makes sense or. No, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking you hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, the last one for you, in your opinion, what do you think the American fire service can improve on? Leadership. I'm a, yeah, it's always leadership. I, I think, you know, no matter where you go, the problems people may have is going to be a symptom of poor leadership. Absolutely. Firehouses, fair, firehouses where guys and girls are running to get in, they can't get in, they can't get their transfer request in quick enough, mm-hmm. is ran or ran by good firehouse, good, good leaders. You go into firehouses, they're dirty. No one really cares. You can tell, you can see that crew from a mile away. They look like slobs. It's poor leadership. So I think the American Fire Service lacks um, competent, experienced leaders. You know, there aren't as many fires as there were, say, quote unquote, back in the day. I wasn't around back in the day, back in mm-hmm. all the, you know. But the thing about that is it's all of what all what you make it, right? So if you were to get in, if you were to go back into the 90s, guys in the 90s just say, oh, we're not running as many fires as we used to. Go to the 80s. We're not running as many fires as we used to. The 70s. Oh, we don't run as much as we used to. Like, you know, it's just it's just a, a perpetual cycle where people never feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the practical ap- application of your skills and fires and fire experience, fire duty is not – you cannot control that. 
So what I'm getting at is, you know, that's going to be lacking. And I think the experience of like firefighters getting promoted too early is a problem. You know, I, I think I promoted way too early and I promoted at year eight. I've been a lieutenant now for eight years and I was in my twenties when I got promoted and, and looking back on it, I wouldn't change anything. However, you know, I struggled. I struggled big time for several years and I was not a good officer. I was not a good leader. And, you know, I, and I think that's, I was part of the problem. So I think when people promote early, they may lack that experience. You know, you may have a guy that you walk in day one and he's been a firefighter for 15 years. You've been a firefighter for five and, you know, he's got way more experience than you. And that can be an issue or it can be, you know, I mean, it's, it's good for the new officer because he has a, a, a plethora of knowledge to tap into, but you know, it's, I just think fire service leaders nowadays, especially the company level officer may not exactly have the amount of experience as they should when they promote. So, you know, I think that's one, I think, um, yeah, I'm going to stand behind my of uh, leadership, especially transparent leadership. I'm I'm good with that. I, I 100% agree with you because uh, you know every, the quote leadership starts at the top. Granted, like you said, informal leadership, but company officers set the tone. If your company officer is a slack ass, your crew's probably going to be a slack ass, or you might have a crew where one of them's dialed in, but the rest of them won't be on the same playing field as as the guy that's always out there training going to training doing something so i i totally 100 percent agree with you on that that leadership but then too i also look at it as if you do have a strong leader as firefighters we need to make sure we're also assisting with making sure that we're dialed in as well like if you have a chief officer or a company officer that that's working you need to work too you can't you can't have it your way as Burger King says, you can't have it your way. You got to also show what you can bring to the table as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'll throw something else at you too. Water boils, a pot of water, a pot of water boils from the bottom. Bottom. Right. So this can be, uh, the metaphor can be put, I guess, kind of really anywhere you really want it to be. But, you know, if you want change at the top, it starts at the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. If right. you watch it and watch it and watch it, it'll never happen. But water boils from the bottom. So if you want change or you want dialed in, you want all that stuff, it starts with the, the individual at the lowest level and it'll work its way up. Now you could be you could take that lowest level and put it anywhere you want, right? So if we want change in management and leadership, it starts with the company level officer. Water boils from the bottom. Um, you know, there's a really good book out there. It's called uh, The Score Will Take Care of Itself. That was written by uh, Bill Walsh. I don't want to misquote this because it's actually a really, really good book. Okay. And um, so basically the long story short is it's, you know, the score will take care of itself. Meaning, you know, there's a lot of things that you can control, you can't control, but ultimately at the end of the day, you put the work in, it's going to, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? And you, mm -hmm. you affect change where you can. It starts at the lowest level. It starts with the, the lowest level guy. Uh, so the firefighter, right? Work with that. You know, if he wants change and he starts doing things on his own, people are going to take his lead. You, you know, you, you you can have informal leadership that changes leadership, like at formal leadership. So you could have a, a group of firefighters that are sharp on point. You have an officer that may be lacking. He shows up and he wants to step up. And you're like, hey, look, they got a lot more going for them than I know. Or they're at a different level than me. They're a higher level than me. 
you know, and I'm and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna try and get on that level. I'm gonna train it up, and I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna get better. And they're gonna see that. They're gonna notice that. They're gonna see a lot of things. The guys, guys and girls in the firehouse, see everything, forget or see everything, hear everything, forget nothing. They exactly. really do. Damn right. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, like there there's people that I know that couldn't tell you what they had for lunch, but they could tell you what I said six weeks ago. Uh huh. You know, and I'm not seeing people on my shift. I'm just saying that's in just general. A general, yeah. General, yeah. generalized statement. You know, as they, I'll say it this way: they, they won't. You know, they can't remember what they had for lunch yesterday, but they can remember what you said six weeks ago, right? So, it, it, you just gotta, you know, you gotta lead by example. You, you gotta, um, yeah. I mean, that's really it, man. That's all I got on that. No, one. you're good. You're good. I'm it was kinda, good. No, you're fine. You're fine. It, it was all good. It was a good answer. So, to uh, before we end this. Um, I, I call this a sh- the shameless plug. So uh, talk about, which I didn't mean it's short. Like I said, it's a small world, you know, because I, 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 I got your contact through J-Bo. And Jay was like, hey, you might follow this dude. And then he sends me your page. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And, yeah, I listened to it. And he's like, yeah, this is him. So uh, talk about your podcast. <laughs> All right. Um. So thank you for uh, getting connected getting us connected there bubbo i'm sure he's going to listen to this at some point oh yeah yeah jaybo i love you buddy um i did say when i come to dc he did invite me i i will bring you guys something but uh and uh <laughs> if i remember correctly jaybo said not to bring any of my cars he's like you might want to uber cuz it's not a good <laughs> part of uh part he, of DC. so i don't know a ton about dc uh-huh uh i i i do know that um i do know that uh it's not a great area. <laughs> well, he told me he was um, like, "Dude, uh, Uber <laughs> or get dropped off." <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I can, I can imagine the DC area right now is just kind of with crime. It's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, so. it's crazy. Don't, don't take the metro either. <laughs> um, but so for my podcast, uh, it's Tip of the Spirit Leadership. It's something that kind of happened on a bit of a whim and a bit of a lull in my thought, in my my personal life and my my career. I had some some stuff going on and uh, I ended up getting hurt at work. It was, it wasn't a really major injury, but I was off for a handful of shifts and I'm not going to get into the details. Anybody that knows me knows what happened. And um, basically long story short, it was part of a project to give me something to do while I was off, keep my mind busy. And um, I turned into an Instagram page. It just kind of took off. Uh, I got invited to a, a couple other podcasts, probably, I don't know, probably about five or six now. And, uh, it just everything just really took off. I and I'm at my I just po- um published my 22nd episode yesterday last night, um and uh it's just it's geared towards leadership. It's geared towards the company officer level. It's geared towards everything I wish I knew when I started, and my shortcomings of things that I wish are things that I need to be better at, and just kind of a hey if I could go back. I wish I knew then what I knew now kind of idea. Right, right. And uh, kind of, you know, hey, look, these are the mistakes I've made along the way. Le- these are the list- lessons I've learned. Good. Because there's there's a lot of good. I, you know, there's a lot, I've had a lot of good experiences. I really have. Mine's, my whole point is not to be completely negative. But I've also mm-hmm. had some things that were not very fun at all. Very, I, I've embarrassed myself more often, more often than I want to admit. <laughs> I've made myself look like a complete idiot more times than I want to admit. Right. And there's also a healthy balance of there's times that I know I have absolutely crushed it and knocked things out of the park. Okay. So 
you know, my goal is to tell people, kind of give them the lessons I had, the good, the bad, and a little bit of everything in between. And most of all, you know, my goal with all of this is, you know, it's okay to love the job. It's okay to be an officer. It's okay to be a leader, whether you're an officer or not, you don't have to be an officer to be a leader. Right. It's okay to love that position. It's okay. And it's okay to love the job. Life's short. Your career's even shorter. You need to enjoy it. And, and you need to learn along the way, but most of all have fun and, you know, learn, man, if you're going to fall on your face, if you're going to fall, if you're going to fall down, fall forward. And that's kind of the whole push behind all of this. So, um, the podcast has had a lot of really good reviews. Uh, my Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is it's all on there. Um, everything's moving forward, or everything's having a lot of really good reviews. Um, people, I think, love it. I, I I get messages, emails, all the time of people saying they took something away from the situation. Or the, you know, I've had people reach out to me and ask me for assistance with the situation. So, anyone out there listening, feel free to get a hold of me. I don't I don't mind helping at all. And you know, just I want to be that good resource for people that I did not have that I wish I had. So maybe, you know, somewhere along the line, I can make a difference in someone's life as far as um, really anything, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of have a mentor, be a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I feel like, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, we just hit 19,000 downloads for our episode. Or for our um for the show we have uh fifth hold on pull up so I'll tell you what, yeah fourteen hundred and fourteen hundred we'll just say fourteen hundred for conversation uh subscribers and uh we're hit we're hovering right around um a uh large fan base I mean awesome. I don't know if that's the right word but yeah, yeah I mean it no. seems very it seems very 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 well received and you know people seem to like it and I'm just you know trying to find my place and putting out information and things that hopefully will help people. No, like I said, awesome. Um, uh, you had, you have, uh, you, ugh, you have had a guest on there that, um, I, I reached out and he did one of mine and we've like, we contact maybe weekly, every two weeks through text or phone call, uh, chief Bassanelli. Sure. Awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, chief Bassanelli is an awesome dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely like a chief I'd, I'd love to work for. You know, um, sure. So, um, but one thing you yeah, forgot he's... to do, you forgot to uh, put the email. What's your email? So anyone wants to contact you. Oh yeah. So, um, it would be tip of the spear leadership and there'll be a period in between all the words tip dot of dot the dot spear dot leadership at gmail.com. Um, and then if you search tip of the spear leadership in Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It all LinkedIn. It all comes up. My name, Mike Nasty. On LinkedIn, it come it should come up. Um, reach out to me. Give me a shout. You know, feel free. Uh, you know, I'm pretty a pretty approachable guy, and you know, love hell to yeah. From you. I, I I could tell you uh, he is firsthand because me I have no problem like <laughs> if if I if I want somebody I'm just, I don't care if you don't know me I'm gonna reach out and tell you my real name this is what I'm doing if you contact me back cool if not hey no hurt feelings so yeah. In this world, like you said, one life to live. So if anyone listening yeah. out there, shoot for your stars because the shit might actually – you might actually be like, oh, crap, they responded back. So just do it. That, that, I mean, like I said, that's pretty much my motto. I just do it. If they reach back, sure. If I don't hear anything, okay, I move on. But you don't know unless you try. 
Yeah, and you know, the other big thing too, this is something I heard recently and really was kind of impactful for me, was, you know, I don't care if you shoot and you miss. I'm going to be upset if you shoot low and hit. Right? Yeah, right. So reach out there, do it, make that phone call, talk to that person, take that chance. You know, nothing's guaranteed, man. You got to you gotta live in the moment, like I said earlier, and, you know, just do it, whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, Mike, I, I appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry to say, Michael, I don't know if you're, really hey, like, hey, you're not on that level. You have to call me Mike, but, um, no, I appreciate you taking, taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. This is a great conversation. Hopefully the listeners sure. get something out of it. Get some, get some nuggets that you're, you're dropping some gems for sure. So I do appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. The honor, the honor is all mine. I've listened to some of your shows and I think you're doing some great stuff here. So. You know, I appreciate you um, having me on, and thank you. Yeah, like I said, my my level is like you do the leadership. My level is more on the the firefighter side. I want I want because yeah. I, I want the firefighters to, sure. to to actually give a damn because like we are we firefighters are what makes and breaks companies. So you got to have a, a dialed in firefighter. So yeah, and dialed in firefighters make dialed in officers. So you know you can't be an officer without being a firefighter first. So you know you, again, there's that uh pot. Uh, the the pot of a boiling water boils starts at the bottom. Yes, sir. Prime example. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, no problem. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.